Real facts, real opinions, real talk. It's time for Roadworthy Drive, hosted by Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little. If it moves you now or in the future, you can rest assured that they'll be talking about it right here. So here they are, the mobility duo with the technology twist, Ken and Sasha. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Welcome one and all. This is Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. We are... Ken Chester, and Sasha J. Little. The J is for joyous. Oh, my. Your hosts (laughs) and tour guides for this week's journey through the thicket of mobility news and information. This hour, we get you up to speed with the latest news from the freight desk of big rig trucking. Electric trucks, autonomous trucks, and even the Uber of dump trucks are the subjects on tap. Which would be very useful considering the fact that we're going through the thicket. Yes. Very Th- thick. Through the Winsen, unmarked, no with road. The, with, with the Moosen. Right? No yeah. road. No road. Going in our electric pickup. Yes. That will never be as powerful as a combustion engine gasoline In, in some people's minds. I'm just saying, because but it we will know, never be. But we know better. <laughs> we do. <actually>. We do. <laughs> We're going to get to all of that in a few minutes, folks. But first, to add your voice to the conversation, call or text the Roadworthy Drive line. That number, 872 222 9793. Email's okay too. That's Ken at roadworthydrive.net. Either way, we'll connect you to the show. And speaking of connected, oh, wow. please say hi to my co host, uh-huh. the always opinionated, rarely caffeinated ray of unfiltered sunshine. Think sunblock of SP100. Wow. Sasha J. Little. You know, Howdy. you say that, and I, do. I don't know if any of you listeners remember the real men of genius commercials Mm. oh my goodness it was a summer of hilarity on the radio because they made like these spoof commercials and i i believe it was budweiser Mm. so it would be like this spoof song and it was you know real men of genius Mm. mr sbf 1000 Mm -hmm. and it was so when you say that i'm thinking real men of genius now i'm gonna have to find those songs well there you go if anybody happens to know a website that has those songs, send me that link. I would really uh, like that. Um, I got a place. What? Your friend Google. I know that's right. My third husband. Yeah. Your friend Google. <laughs> you don't know him like that. I do, actually. Uh, we, we have known each other many, many a year. That concerns me. <laughs> hey, uh, getting to from the parts bin. Yeah. Do you remember we talked about Honda's little electric car? Is that the one that was supposed to have like a message or like the feel good emotion? No, EV? that was the Ford EV you were talking about that had the had the um, the uh, front end that would do messages. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not to be confused with the April Fool's joke that had the uh, horn. The horn. Yeah, yeah. I'm horn. feeling happy. Yeah, no. I'm feeling sad. No, I'm get just out get the way. Every day. <laughs> No, this is their upcoming city electric car. Okay. They showed it in Geneva. They're actually going to build it. Are we going to Geneva next year? No, we're not. Can I go to Geneva next no, year? No, you can't. I'm pretty sure that I should go to Geneva next year. I am pretty sure year. the suits won't, appre- won't approve the budget appropriation. You know, what if I pay for myself to go to Geneva next year? Uh, no, I don't think the country <laughs> will let you in, Sasha. They're not ready for all I, that. I am perfectly harmless. No, they're kind of a laid-back country. I, and I think that I would I would fit in just fine there. Not even close. <sighs> anyway. What happened at Geneva that I missed Honda out on? The Honda e-prototype. Really? They're talking about bringing it to market as the adorable urban EV concept. 
and it's they're going to offer it in Europe. Right. Uh, they want. It looks very European. Yes. Honda said they want 100% of their vehicles that they sell in Europe to be, their words, electrified by 2025. Yeah, but uh, hold on. Before we go any further, Europe also made a mandate. Don't they have a year? Aren't they one of the countries that they actually put out a mandate that by such and such date they wanted? France, Germany, Great Britain. Okay. Have. I don't think that the EU... As a whole. Okay. All right. But certain countries have, in fact, done that. That's what I thought. Okay. Now, go ahead. Now, the more important thing, in case you think this might be another, quote, unquote, Tesla killer. Right. This little everybody's Honda, out to do that. Yeah. And this is not it. No. This little Honda is designed for a market segment Tesla doesn't cover. It's a small city runabout. Meaning, if you're in a large metropolitan area, public transportation doesn't quite work for you, but a bicycle or something less doesn't quite get you there. And you need more than, say, Uber. This would be ideal. Does it pay for itself in a manner that, well, I mean, is it worth the... It's built on an all-new electric-only architecture okay. uh, that Honda designed with urban environments in mind. Uh, it's a long wheelbase, short overhangs. And it's not, I mean, it's not sexy at all, like a Tesla is with the no, smooth lines. You know it's very what? boxy. It's, it's cute. It's and cute. And the interior is not too bad. It looking. almost looks like a bigger version of... Uh, Oh, it was like a cars motif type thing. Wow. It does. It looks very, it looks very like uh, anime-ish mm-hmm. in the front. Single motor, rear wheel drive, <sighs> and it it guarantees 124 miles of range. Oh, and it can recharge itself 80 percent in half an hour. Okay, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Now I see that more of like a delivery. Like I could see like Uber and stuff like that buying these off. Mm, I. I think that for uh, over there is what I'm yeah. saying. Like you know, I mean, like delivery their services. cities are and, very tight. Yeah. And yeah, this thing would be almost considered a mid-sized car, as small as it is. <laughs> over there, yeah. I've driven those streets. Trust oh, me. Oh wow. This is exactly what they need. Wow. Um, it's interesting uh, that they're going to offer it in Europe. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. No words uh, if they're going to offer it here, which is really too bad because I could see some urban situations where this car would be perfect. Yeah. An opportunity to be green mm-hmm. in the city and to have another option without having to rely on somebody else. Did they give and you- it's not going to be as expensive as even a Model 3. It would be way less than that. Okay. Yeah, but do they give you a price point? They do not. Yeah. But they are expecting it to come in much cheaper. So think think maybe 50... Now, this is me talking. Right. But think maybe 15 to 20 grand. I would spend 50, well, yeah. 124 in the city. In though. the city, yeah. in the city. That's it a drawback. Would, I'd have it, to live where other people are. I know, I know. I am like anti Little Mermaid. I do not want to be where, be where the people but are. But here's a weird. Yeah. Uh, here's Honda, a weird. Honda sells uh-huh. the Clarity Electric. You can only get it in California, and it's pure electric. That's right. Yeah. But it only has 89 miles around. Oh, oh, yeah. That that's hurts. not. Yeah. That's less than the first generation Nissan Leaf. And how much are they wanting for that? Do you happen to know? A really? pretty penny. Really? Yeah. To go your 90 miles just yeah. so you could be like, I'm driving an EV. Yeah. Not yeah. happening. Yeah, no. But right now, uh, the take on this from the industry uh-huh. is that the little the little e-prototype is classic Honda, a clever, endearing, fun-to-drive car that, quote, should offer good value for the money. And looking at it, yeah, it looks totally desirable and kind of cute. It, it, I like it, that interior. I like the interior. The outside looks like if you take what you would typically think of a Honda to look like in the front end, and then they kind of meshed it with a Beetle. 
Like a Volkswagen all, Beetle? Only it's square. Yeah, no, only no. it's square. And that's how it, it, you know, like the Beetle has got like this personable, yeah. you know, very oh, yeah. this definitely is gonna cartoony be very personable. feel yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's something for you. I'm oh, going to get you going. Okay. According to the International uh, Energy Agency, uh -huh. a second wave of the U.S. shale resolution is coming. They expect... U.S. crude production Ugh. to account for 70% of the total increase in global production mm -hmm. capacity by 2024 yeah. with total exports of crude and refined products reaching nine, barrel, 9 million barrels a day, get this, surpassing Russia and Saudi Arabia. You know what? Good for them. Now that nobody else is playing that game... Good for you, America. Uh, I, I mean, got, now, but I now so that everyone else has left the playing field, they're all at the after party, the tailgaters have all gotten drunk and gone home. Good for you, sir. Number 45, the just scored a goal, even though there's no opposing team to make sure that no your ball didn't get in there. Good for you. Sasha. Good for you. 1968 movie, Graduate. <laughs> what happened then is driving this now. One word. Mm -hmm. Plastics. Oh, Between now yeah. and 2050, uh, they expect even as motor vehicle use of fossil fuels goes down, yeah. the need for plastics in our world will continue to sustain the need for crude oil. Not to take away, because I know this is mobility, but on the land of plastics, mm -hmm. I was reading something that really touched me. Uh, they found a whale. Mm -hmm. That had died on it had washed ashore here in the United States, mm -hmm. and they opened up the belly and they found over fifty pounds of plastic Yikes. in that whale. And he's talking about like our marine life is dying, and not only because of what man's doing to the ocean, but because of what these animals are consuming. Because people are just tossing their plastics. There is, I there, mean, plastic bags. Yeah, and, I there mean, is a whole area of the Pacific Ocean. Where it's just one big landmass of plastics. Plastic. Yeah. And in fact, there are several nonprofit organizations that are trying to tackle that issue. Yeah. But yeah. And part of that is that, that plastic is ground up. Yeah. Such that, that they mistake it for food and not just the whale, but fish, Dolphins, uh, marine, yeah. marine birds, uh, all sorts of critters. So it does not bode well in our world of consumerism. That we're always demanding more and more things made from plastic. More and more. When we return, we discuss big rig electric trucks. Roadworthy Drive is a cornerstone of the Roadworthy Drive radio network.
with the wheels of a dream. Uh, th- and, and, a- and I am a little boy again. Uh, first of all, there should be laws against <laughs> little boys driving full-size trucks. Just saying. <laughs> Second of all, uh, something about boys and their toys. It, somewhere in there, I don't know. <sighs> if you're just tuning in, this is Roadworthy Drive. Or if Ken- you recently fell asleep during that uh, short mm. little commercial. Ken and Sasha coming at you for the hour. Wake up. Yeah. Oh. This week, it's all about the news and technology about big rig trucks. Now, in this segment, we take a look at what's going on at the electric end of the spectrum. And I can tell you, it's more than just the Tesla Semi, but I'm going to pick on Tesla first. Uh, Tesla. Yeah. Really? $200,000. $200,000. $200,000. Yeah. Now, Tes- just on. to give it a little bit of reverence, though, mm-hmm. how much is the average Semi, brand new Semi, off the lot? I would say between 120 to probably 160. Okay, so for this one, and then that, that obviously that's your gasoline, or I mean diesel, sorry, duh. But okay, so they're asking 200,000 for, and then go on. Okay, well, first of all, uh-huh. Tesla is allowing customers to reserve its upcoming electric semi truck on its website. A reservation for its standard version uh, is 20,000. A reservation for the Founders Series version, which is the first ones to come out, mm-hmm. two hundred thousand. They expect the standard to start at one hundred and fifty thousand MSRP, mm-hmm. and the Founders Series to cost fifty thousand more, two hundred thousand. My question is twofold: one, what do they think I would pay up front for any truck untested, because I have it in my fleet? And brand new. I don't know. Parts, service, our stuff going to break. I've got to do training for my mechanics because they don't deal with electrics. Um, and all the multitude of things that happens in day-to-day service for an over-the-road big rig truck. Things that break, things that don't. Shoot. In a regular diesel truck nowadays, uh, if there's a fault in the engine, it will go into default mode. Mm-hmm. And it will limp to wherever it's going. Mm-hmm. What do these things do? Okay, now here's my thing. I'm going to address a couple of those issues mm-hmm. because I'm looking at this. What is that one page article, two page article, one page article, one, one page three. article, yeah, three page article. Um, I'm assuming that they're not addressing those questions because these are your questions. Obviously and I'm not, not. Saying that, I'm not saying that they're not legitimate questions. But what I am saying is that I wouldn't get too eager the only thing that i am going to join you on the bandwagon for to knock tesla really you want me to pay in full if i want the founder thank you i mean that's really, where i'm at that's where, that's you're where i'm at on? i mean really I mean, like i i've already made the pledge if i'm even looking at an electric semi okay me as a business and i'll just i mean if i'm warner if i'm or even small town you know small you know, three or four company, truck yeah, right. company. Sure. I've already made the decision that, you know what? I want to cut out diesel. I'm going to go electric. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying, yes, I get it. Because it's not like they're going to sell the founder series like in total no. to like a big rig, uh, to like a big company. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like Warner's going to order but what, but, 150. But first of all, what are you putting into this truck that's worth 50000 more? And why no, do you no, want no, me to pay no, no, no. up front when no, I could just wait no, no, for the standard no, semi and put twenty grand down? No, here you and go. And it doesn't say whether or not it's refundable. No, here you go. Here you go. I got something for that. I hope you do. Do you remember like Eddie Bauer? Yes. Do you remember like the Eddie Bauer edition of these vehicles? Yes. That they wanted like ten grand more just yeah. so I could say Eddie Bauer mm-hmm. or the Harley Davidson versions of yes. things. Yes. Or I love how like the limited edition. That, I mean, the only thing limited about it is that you couldn't find one that didn't say limited. 
There you go. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> but there's so many things as a, it just has a stamp on it as, as, a, as a business. Yeah. I mean, just forget. We don't know what the policy is, but as a business, why would I pay you up front? Now I could wait six months, get the regular semi. Yeah. Twenty grand down. Okay, I get that. That makes sense. Right. You know, for one hundred fifty thousand, okay, to get my place in line. Yeah. And while it and it does say that uh, they have received uh, reservations from corporate customers, Pepsi, Walmart, and Anheuser Busch. It does not say if any of them are doing the founders now. And, I, I, and they would get sued by their stockholders if they did, and they should. Well, uh, my thing is, is that I'm going to assume. Well, no, let me not say assume. I am going to hope that one. Tesla would offer a training or some kind of get to know the truck with its first, you know, its first uh, rollout of these semis. Because while it might look, it's going to be completely different on the interior. I'm going to have to retrain my driver. Not just the interior, but all the electronics that go with it more than the engine. I mean, wheels, axles, all of this stuff. We don't know where they're sourcing it as opposed to the regular manufacturers. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, again, hoping, not assuming, hoping that Elon has and Tesla has the foresight that Somewhere unbeknownst to us, because we're not putting down $20,000 just so we could get a glimpse of the uh, the contract there. Mm-hmm. But just to get a glimpse, or I'm hoping that there's some kind of, you know, we're including training, we're including right. that right. kind of thing. Let me throw this at you. What do you got? They expect to start production next year. Yay! Maximum range of 500 miles. The ability to accelerate from 0 to 60 in 20 seconds when carrying what? 40 tons. Yeah, 40 tons of cargo? Hello? What? Yeah. But never will be as powerful Wait as... Wait a minute. Accelerate from 0 to 60 in 5 seconds empty. Mm. Now, some others in the industry said, yeah, you're smoking crack there. But Nicola... 500 miles? Nicola? No. Uh, Nicola, however you pronounce that. Nicola. Nicola uh, who's doing a battery electric also. Uh-huh. They were hydrogen electric. Yeah. They expect their vehicle to deliver 400 miles of range, 300 miles in cold weather. So Tesla So not taking that not, half. Well, Tesla's not as far out there. No. If you're at 400 miles, Tesla's talking five. So maybe you're talking about, in reality, between the two trucks, right. maybe 275, 300 for real overall. In yeah. real world use, we'll find out. Right. But the Tesla, I'm sorry, the Nikola uh, is talking a battery, a one megawatt battery pack that the, their truck would equip with, mm-hmm. an electric truck, right, right. weighs uh, right almost 12 tons, the battery pack. Ooh. Okay. And that's a tractor-trailer rig with 80,000 pounds of combined weight, which means when you back out just the battery pack, not the rest of the truck, you're already uh, 40 tons less 12. Wow. Which means it cuts down on what you can haul. So it's going to be real interesting, one, how these do in real life, two, if the range is for real, and three, what they're going to have to invest in for charging facilities and how fast... These trucks can recharge. Yeah, I noticed nobody's talking about that yet. No, because it would probably be terminal to terminal in an overnight situation. Right. Next, self-driving big rigs. It's happening right now. We have the details. Sit tight. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You are tuned in to Roadworthy Drive.
Real opinions, real talk. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive. Ken and Sasha keeping the program between the lines and at speed limit for your safety. Glad you could ride along with us. For those of you who are new to the program, might we invite you to check out the show website, roadworthydrive.com. We have all sorts of information about Sasha and myself, as well as pictures, podcasts, or previous shows, and so much more. That's right. And we actually have, um, you can listen to the past podcasts. Uh, there's a time with Sasha Page. We're going to be adding more to the wheels of non-consent issue as those vehicles become available. And you want to make sure to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and of course, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And what kind of podcast platforms can they find us on, Sasha? Well, they could find us on a variety of different platforms. Right now we're on Stitcher and Blueberry and Google Play. That's right. And, and of course, we want to make sure that we include Spotify. Spotify. Yes, ma'am. All of those very interesting podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, while having an autonomous car parked in your driveway may be years away. No. Autonomous big Two. rig. Mm, autonomous big rig trucks are becoming more and more of a thing right now. Now, you remember that beer truck in Colorado? Oh, my gosh. It happened how many years ago? Would you believe almost four and see, it's funny because I was truck talking with a uh, trucker friend of mine, mm-hmm. and it's so funny how people remember that story mm-hmm. because he is bound and determined that it was a dismal failure <laughs> that was riddled with all kinds of made-up hoopla and this law that was only available. The hiccups were only available to a secluded amount of truckers that were deep within the industry. Uh. Yes. Conspiracy theory aboundism ah. right there well to refresh people's memories it was <laughs> it was actually the fall of 2015 it was yes uh and, and it was actually a budweiser truck it was a yes. tractor trailer rig that was going from fort collins colorado to colorado springs carrying a load of bud uh, a driver was in the cab but not operating it and the vehicle drove along uh the interstate for two hours it covered 120 miles and state troopers uh, from the Colorado State Police were monitoring the trip. And by the way, Sasha, did you realize that that was a revenue trip? That the company actually got paid for moving that beer? Right. I mean, it wasn't just something that they made up. They were actually mm-hmm. using the truck as it would have been used to transport an order. Absolutely, a- yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So in the backdrop of that, mm-hmm. and we've talked about here uh, down through the years, uh, a looming crisis of a uh, shortage of truck drivers. I mean, it's not so much a looming, uh, a looming crisis right now. It's, it's here. A, it's here mm-hmm. right now. 48,000 drivers short right now. Yeah. So much so that over-the-road trucking companies, in some cases, are turning down business because they don't have the truckers to drive the trucks to deliver the goods. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Uh, There are, against that backdrop, there are a couple of companies that are trying to come into the gap. Um, We remembered an early one that's been largely disbanded now called Auto was part of Uber. And that kind of got disbanded because there was some issue of trade secrets that were stolen from yeah, Waymo. Yeah. And the lead guy got fired. Oh, my that, God. Yeah, it was a big I mean, old that mess. lasted like almost two years, yeah, wasn't it? Total? It was a big old mess. Yeah, it was. However... Um, may I introduce you mm. to Ike? As in Ike and Tina are getting back together? Uh, no. No? No. No? I-K-E. 
but uh-huh. not but not that Ike, which is kind of rough because yeah, Ike Turner is dead. What? Yeah. Well, you know what they're doing with genetics no, now. I just no, wasn't no, sure. No, no, you know maybe no. digital cinema. No, no, no. Ah, Ike is a autonomous truck company that, in their words, they want to keep it simple. <laughs> and may I quote how simple? And I'm quoting uh-huh. uh, one of the leaders of the company yeah. that says, and I quote. We do not want to do a single right turn off the highway because even right turns are technological complications. Instead, he envisions Ike's trucks pulling into roadside transfer hubs where human drivers will climb in and pilot the rigs to their final destination. In other words, last mile. Because the biggest problem for over-the-road truckers is all that alone time going from place to place over miles and miles of interstate. Okay. All right. And, so, and really, that's the piece that they're addressing because everything we've talked about, first mile, last mile. Yeah. You know, where they feel that there's going to be the need for human drivers because of the uh, complicated nature of inner cities and maneuvering around, that they think that is a better opportunity on the open road than in the city. Uh, you know, I, I applaud him for his thinking, and I applaud him for be, seeing a piece of the future. But I really don't see semis, uh, electric or otherwise, being part of the inner city landscape of the future. I'm and, really thinking that it's going to go to a absolutely, it's going to go to a hub. I'm with you yeah, on that. Yeah. But what, as far as like a driver getting into that pickup then, or into that semi, and then driving it into town. No, I think that it's actually going to be dispersed into smaller vehicles that are going to work like, electric. you know, right, right, electric vehicles that are going to go into but that, the... But what you've just described, Sasha, is the future. They're looking at transitioning in their vision. Mm-hmm. They're looking at transitioning the trucking industry from uh, the dreary work of going coast to coast to doing the long haul, right. being autonomous with the last mile stuff actually being... From the warehouse into the city. Well, I was just going off of what you just said, that they were saying that a human driver would actually just climb into the, the rig. rigs and to their final destination. Which could be a warehouse just outside the city. Oh, now, see, I, like, again, you said that it was a roadside transfer hub. That's yeah. where, uh, right in my mind, right there at the roadside transfer hub is where the humans would get into a smaller version of the rig and then transport to its destination. Well, I just don't see that rig actually going... You know, like if right. the destination was my local Walmart or but let K- me make this not a little Kmart because e- they're yeah. gone now. Yeah. What, what's a Kmart? <laughs> Shut a Kmart? up. Oh, um, what they're talking about is not even going that far. Yeah. They're not even going to take these things autonomously off the interstate at all. When they say to, a ro- to this transfer hub, yeah. literally think of rest areas on oh, an interstate. Oh, okay. All right. So let's say that. There's a rest that one of these transfer hubs uh-huh. is 10 miles from the warehouse. Uh-huh. And this truck has just come 1,300 miles, say, from California. So, like, if it like uh, if it was like a Casey's freight on there. Or a Walmart. Or a Walmart yeah. freight on there that it would literally take, you know, like the high, the interstate mm-hmm. to like the, to the exit that would take it to like Iowa Falls or something like that. Somewhere and it's right not before like- the exit. You'd have a place where the driver would get in and drive it off the interstate. You know, and they could actually use like the the way stations and stuff like that, and they wouldn't actually have to build an infrastructure for Their that. Their whole point is keep it simple. But I'm going to drop a bombshell on you. Yeah, they're they're not developing their own technology. Uh huh. They're licensing it from Neuro, 
Remember them? Oh, the delivery my robot gosh. folks? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I they're getting Nero. their core technology. Okay. But what's kicker is that they're not reliant, even though they're starting with Neuro, mm -hmm. they're not going to, they're going to build on what Neuro gave them. Okay. They won't rely on Neuro for software updates or improvements. But oh. they feel that there is a business and there are companies that have invested in Ike to uh, go forward with this. They want to keep it simple because they believe that in keeping it simple gives it the highest degree of of getting it implemented sooner than trying to deal with all the crazy stuff. I can get that. Last up, here's an app for that. The Uber of Dump Trucks. Stay tuned. This is the fourth and final segment for this hour of Roadworthy Drive. We're Ken and Sasha, slogging through the waves of tech news to keep you, our dear listener, up to date and well-read on the mobility news and technology that is affecting your life each and every day. Now, before we get to the last topic on our plate, a programming note, during hour number two of our show, and yes, yes, Virginia, there is an hour number two of Roadworthy Drive. Why are you going to be Virginia into this? Because it's Santa Claus? <laughs> Ma movie about Hashtag Macy's. reasons. Yeah, uh, okay, go ahead. Hashtag what do you got? forget about it. Uh, <sighs> I will be reviewing the all-new 2019 Toyota Avalon Hybrid Sedan, long a consumer favorite. Also queued up for second hour is our popular Tech with Sasha segment. That's right. What are you going to be talking about this week? Uh, this week I am going to be addressing, because I got I got asked once again from the Roadworthy Drive tech line, what if my autonomous car gets hacked? What? And it set me off because there's a couple things that is probably on your phone right now that you know are not safe, but you got no problem with them knowing everything that you're doing on your phone. And then the other thing, kind of like a dating app, maybe. <laughs> That's, That's one. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing is, is that robots and aliens. What? Yeah. Yeah. Mobility. What? 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 The aliens take you mobility, technically. Uh, uh huh. Uh huh. Tech with Sasha, people. That's coming up <laughs> in hour number two. You're gonna want to find out what she's talking about. Robots and aliens. Yeah. Sounds ominous. Yeah. Robots and aliens. Uh-huh. You're not going to want to miss a moment. Mm -hmm. If your favorite radio station doesn't carry our two of Roadworthy Drive, no worries. You can hear it along with all of our previous shows on our website, roadworthydrive.com. Sasha? Hmm? And Uber for dump trucks. It's a thing. Did you know that? I'm not understanding the concept. Um. Well, dump trucks owned by... Companies and private individuals uh -huh. need to, you know, carry stuff in order to get paid. Uh, if you are a construction site foreman, you need materials, be it sand, gravel, cement, other building materials brought to your construction site. Uh -huh. There seems to be a mismatch between the available equipment when you need it and getting the materials there when you want it. Uh, a couple of fellas back east started a couple of different companies. So what, they're like a 
They, I can't uh, believe that at this day and age that that's a thing. Like, not, nobody thought about that beforehand. Not, There's well, entire companies. Like, I remember reporting one when I was traveling in the mysterious wonderland that is Des Moines, Iowa. This is current, and it says two Boston-area companies are currently raising money uh-huh. and gaining momentum uh, to take a tack of hoping that builders will rely on them to get a truck full of construction materials to a job site. Do- yeah. Can't talk. Job site. Yeah, okay. Wait a minute. Uh-huh. Before you poo-poo this. I, I, uh, it's called Trucks of Waltham, Massachusetts. Trucks, T-R-U-X. Okay. And another one called Hall Hub of Boston. They both got started four years ago. Yeah. Check this out. Wait, four years ago? 2015. Okay. So obviously they're still in business. Trucks has raised, so far from investors, uh-huh. $20 million. Wow. And Hall Hub... Uh, has raised uh, a funding round recently in the single millions. Now, the trucks is twice as large as Hall Hub uh, and has about 60 employees. Now, check this out. Hall, um, I'm sorry, trucks is active, and I didn't know this, in 11 states right now. Okay, that would would explain why they've got 20 million as opposed to the just singular million. And plan to be in almost half the country. By the end of the year, about 21 states. So it's a thing. Okay. Yeah. So here's here's how this works. Um, drivers or haulers are looking for more jobs to take advantage of both their time and the equipment they own. If you own construct, if you're selling construction materials uh, such as sand, asphalt, you need somebody to haul it to get it to your customers. Yes. And then your customers, if you're on a construction site on schedule, you need this stuff to show up at a specific time so you don't have to stop the work. Because you're waiting on a load of sand, gravel, cement, whatever. Agreed. So, unlike a trip, a lift trip, which, you know, eight, nine, ten dollars, uh, it's $120 a trip gross every time that truck moves. So, is that the flat fee or is that just the starting? That's gross revenue. That's oh, typical, okay. okay. I get what you're saying. So, now okay. in the case of trucks, they take a percentage as opposed to charging a fee. Right. Um, but also charges a monthly license fee to the contractors and the material producers that want to use its software. They've got software, and it's the software like Uber, like Lyft, that connects people uh, to the available trucks when and where. Okay. And if you're an independent, say you've got two or three trucks, you know, it's a way to keep your trucks always moving low cost because as an independent, you're not like a big construction company who their fleet, it doesn't matter. Right. Whether their fleet moves. Uh, if you're an independent, those trucks got to be moving. And for you to make those, money. Yes, sir. All because right. those expenses don't wait for anybody. And what's great is that you don't have to chase the money with something like that. The money's chasing you. Exactly. It will say, I need, you know, I need a truck to move it from here to here. And if you're available, you send your driver, boom. So you can literally go from job to job to job to job. And right now, with the economy booming like it is, and construction seemingly happening everywhere, it would work for contractors too. If you're a smaller contractor that is time sensitive in terms of getting your project done, and like most of these projects have penalties if you miss your deadlines, then every minute counts. So from that standpoint, uh, you stand a win as well. So it ends up being a win-win, but I would have never thought about dump trucks. It just, it's its weird. Now, Hall Hub is more local. It's more like in eastern Massachusetts 
and the northern part of Rhode Island, southern Ma- and New Hampshire. An area that is near and dear to your heart. Very much so. Yeah. Try to lobster. <laughs> anyway, like the trucks model, it doesn't rely solely on taking a cut from each trip. It licenses the software to help streamline interactions between material producers, haulers, and builders. Oh. And basically making the most of relationships that already exist. Now, the guy who started a haul hub. Yeah. He had a small construction company, not far from where I grew up. And the reason why he started it, he needed it for his company. And he started with creating a simple database of all the haulers his company worked with, along with their mobile phone numbers. Okay. We'd send out a text, he said, respond yes if you want to work. And he said he knew he had something when the guys would respond yes inside of a minute. He said it was just nuts. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, so... As we continue to see with mobility, uh, in today's world, you mix an app, you mix an opportunity, and there are a lot of different types of ways that mobility is being reimagined to work out the inequities and uh, inefficiencies in marketplace. In this case, dump trucks. Absolutely. So, you know, no telling what else we're going to see in the future, but this is one small example of what can be. Imagine what could be in the future. Well, folks, that wraps up all we have for this hour. We're glad you're with us. Uh, On behalf of Sasha and myself, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye, folks. Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roadworthy Drive Productions Incorporated.